0: This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Christina Gerakides, who is the co-CEO in Australia of Singularity U, and Ramesh Naam, who is the co-chair energy and environment at the American side of things, which is called Singularity University. Um, just to cl- cover this, uh, in America, it's called Singularity University, but in Australia, singularity you, because you can't use the term university here. Is that correct?
1: That's correct, because we're, we're actually not an accredited tertiary institution. The ideology behind that is that things change so quickly um, and we can adapt our courses, we can adapt the trainings very quickly. We don't need to wait for the accreditation process that um, that can take some time with the universities.
0: Right. So, um, d- So you've deliberately not Chosen to you've chosen not to be accredited. Not that you couldn't get accreditation. Is that is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair enough comment to say. Yeah. So accreditation is a is a long process, uh, and we find with the speed of change um, happening in the world at the moment, the exponential way things are changing, that that if we were to create courses and have them accredited, uh, then we would be actually holding ourselves back um, with the learnings that we, w- we that we really want to distribute.
0: Right. So what do you do? Can you explain? that?
1: Sure, we hold um, a variety of events. So we have a variety of organisations that are attached um, to the organisation. We have volunteer chapters that create conversations around what exponential change is and how we can use technologies to better life for everybody. So um, our mission, if you like, is to empower, inspire and educate people around um, exponential tech and how the converging technologies uh, can be used to create, to create solutions to some of the global grand challenges
0: Right so but I in America or here are you a, a- sort of a tertiary educational institution?
2: And so we don't have a four-year program. What we do is we take business leaders, government, people in nonprofits and so on, and in the span of days or weeks, uh, really educate them on how rapidly technology is changing and what's coming in the near future and things like artificial intelligence, robotics, self-driving cars, the future of energy. Uh, so that's it's a much faster uh, pace of change and a much faster program than going to a university. And it's not uh, an either or. Of course, the vast majority of people that come to a singularity event have a university degree already. uh, But the world has changed so rapidly. If you got your degree even four or five years ago, things have changed a lot.
0: Right. So um, uh, you're a for-profit company.
2: That's right, isn't it? Yeah, we're uh, in the U.S. We're a B corporation, which is a for-profit company that has a social purpose.
1: And in Australia, we're a, we are a for-profit company again with a social purpose. We're very young. We've just um, achieved country partnership uh, in in September two thousand and nineteen. So we're we're very young. We are actually going to go for um, B Corp accreditation. Some of our other country partners are actually operating as not-for-profits. They've been going for a little bit longer um, than we have. But the whole idea is to is to benefit effort humanity um, in whatever way you can. And I guess our, our one of the co-founders, Peter Diamandis, says if you want to if you want to become a billionaire, help a billion people.
0: Right. So uh, it's interesting. Um, as you say, P- uh, Peter Diamandis was one of
2: the co-founders. The other one was Ray Kurzweil. Um, do they still own it? Uh, no. I mean, Peter and Ray are still on the board, uh, but they're not owners of the corporation. The, the Singular University of America is, uh, you know, it's a private corporation that has various shareholders and investors in it. But again, we're this uh, relatively new structure called a B corporation or a benefit corporation, which means that our our corporate uh, charter uh, is uh, very much mission-oriented, that the corporation, in addition to trying to make a profit, is really uh, by law and by its own documents that govern it, uh, driven around a purpose of uh, helping to address some of humanity's largest challenges. Um, I guess the name comes
0: from, or is associated with Ray Kurzweil's book uh, published in 2005 called The Singularity Is Near, which was a big book at the time, uh, I recall. And he talked about the singularity being the moment when machines became more intelligent than human beings. Is is that... um, uh, d- does that kind of inform what you're about to some extent? Not exactly. It doesn't sound like it, the way yeah. you're talking. I mean, I think
2: the, the deeper issue, the, the term singularity is older than Ray, but the deeper sort of discussion there is what we think of as exponential technologies. And what does that mean? It means... Any technology that is uh, constantly doubling in price performance. If you think about a computation, in your pocket right now, most likely, you have a supercomputer and it is you know a million times more powerful than the most powerful mainframe computer on planet Earth uh, 20 or 30 years ago. So that's a technology where every 18 months or so, the amount of storage or computation you can buy for a dollar doubles. And so that's what we're really trying to communicate to business leaders, government, nonprofits, is how do you deal with technology, whether it's computation or artificial intelligence or robotics or 3D printing, that is constantly improving so rapidly. What does that mean for business? What does that mean for governance? What does that mean for our ability to help lift the billion poorest people on Earth into a better quality of life?
1: And I guess the other, um, to add to that, the term singularity, uh, we're a very collaborative organisation. We have partners you know, in 172 um, chapters around the world. We have eight country partnerships. We're in multiple countries around the world. And for me, I like to think of the term singularity as meaning one common goal for all of us to improve the lives of people on the planet.
0: So um, if, if I was to do a course um, at, uh, at the Singularity U in Australia, uh, what, what would I learn? You would learn...
1: What would happen to me? Okay, so you would um, hopefully have your mindset shifted uh, and what we would be doing is encouraging... Um, collaboration, conversation, curiosity through um, a variety of portals. So we have online online courses that are extremely uh, well resourced in what is going on in the world. You would learn about the newest in medtech, fintech, tech. We would have conversations about what the global grand challenges are. So around learning or energy or environment, space, what do, what do those big problems look like? How do we bring a diverse mindset together and together construct potential solutions to these problems? And then how do we actually action them? How do we create more than conversation? How do we take that to, to final product? So some our courses, we have impact labs, we have um, summits. We're have about to go into a summit tomorrow, actually, which is uh, an open-minded Come share the latest knowledge, hear from leading experts. It's thousands of hours of research on stage in two days. What is it that you can learn and then adapt and adopt into your own organisations to help your organisation stay ahead of the curve?
0: Would I come away from that uh, optimistic or uh,
2: feeling challenged by what's going on? Yeah, I think the vast majority of people who come to Singularity event uh, leave optimistic, uh, but also aware of challenges and threats. Uh, we don't shy away from talking about large challenges, whether it's uh, climate change or you know the question of will uh, increasing technology affect employment. Uh, but we are definitely very solution oriented and fairly optimistic. So I think people that I know, and I've had you know tens of thousands of people have, have been through courses that I've spoken at leave, generally optimistic, but also aware of the need to make changes, whether it's in their organization or in their nation?
1: I think you leave a course inspired. Um, I know when I first heard Ramez speak, you know, quite some years ago now, I was totally inspired about the possibilities. So there's, we, we listen to a lot of bad news rhetoric. We're also very much about bringing the good news and the good stories to people as well. So there's so much potential and so many wonderful things happening in, our, in Australia. There's amazing startups working on quite fluid and, and, and wonderful projects that are going to help so many people, first nationally and then globally, that we like to share um, that information and we like to, to bring them to the fore. But there's as much good news, if not more, actually there's more good news than bad news. The bad voices just have a have a louder presence at the moment.
0: Just thinking about um, that Ray Kurzweil book, um, to what extent do you talk about artificial intelligence
2: and uh, what, uh, what it's likely to do to the world? We talk about artificial intelligence quite a lot, actually. And I think our perspective is that it is first and foremost a tool that we can use. And you know, tools can be used for ill and can be used for good. Uh, for the most part, humanity has managed to use its tools to make a better world. Uh, but artificial intelligence does touch every sector, every industry uh, does have implications sort of worldwide. And so we talk a fair bit about how to use it to improve your organisation and also about some of the ethical challenges with it as well.
1: It's a collection of data, really, and and it's data that's then programmed and it's data that we can use. And we're very much aware of the biases that can be inherent in that data. Um, but we're also, as Ramez said, we're very much aware of the good that it can do. So if you think about the latest things happening in in medtech, for example, um, the convergence of augmented reality, virtual reality sensors, exoskeleton suits that are helping paraplegics and quadriplegics find movement within their limbs again. I mean, there's there's so much benefit and so many you know, heartwarming moments when you watch what the convergence of technologies can do. And as Seth Godin said, whoever invented the car invented the car crash, you know, equal, equal good um, opportunities. Hope. And as Ramez said, there's more good people in the world than bad.
0: Yeah, Christina, you're running the Australian end of this. Now, a lot of people say that Australia is kind of being left behind to some extent in, in, the, in the sort of the global march of technology. Uh, do you have a sense that that's true or not?
1: I think we have um, the potential to have greater impact, but I don't think we're as far behind as what as what um, a lot of people perceive. And it's funny that you say that because what I find um, – I go to a lot of innovation conferences, um, particularly in, in Boston and San Francisco, and they look at us sometimes and they go, oh my God, you guys are so far ahead of us. And I go – that's an interesting perception, you know, because we perceive ourselves to be so far behind. Uh, I think the what we want to do is m- give us a louder voice on a global stage, so that more people know the product that is coming out of our country. We have some amazing startup, scale ups, organisations here that are working on remarkable things. You know, there's a there's a, a mining company who's actually done some research and reduced carbon emissions underground before they before they actually surface by three percent, and when you multiply that. Um, to the effect that it can have on climate, it's quite remarkable. And that's happening in New South Wales, Australia. Uh,
0: That brings me to a final question. Ramesh, your specialty is um,
2: energy and environment. Um, I guess that means you talk a lot about climate change? I do talk a lot about climate change. and I talk about how technologies like solar power, wind power, energy storage, electric vehicles are plunging in cost. And so I talk a lot about how innovation in those sectors means that the transition to a clean economy is inevitable uh, and that it's really a matter of uh, when and how fast, not if at this point, and what that means for investors, for nations like Australia that export coal today. Very, very interesting. Well, it's been great talking to you. Thanks a lot for coming in. Thank you, Alan.
1: Thank
0: you. I've been talking to Christina Gerakides and Ramez Nam from what's called Singularity University in the United States, but Singularity U in Australia.